Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Evolution 101. My name is Zachary Moore. You can contact me directly at zach at drzach.net or post questions to the message board at freethoughtmedia.com slash evolution101. Now, I realized that I said this would be a weekly podcast, and it will, but I thought that this would be a good time to have a special episode since today is Charles Darwin's birthday. Now, over the past couple years, more and more science enthusiasts have been celebrating today as Darwin Day, mostly just as a way to bring more attention to evolutionary theory in the context of the creation-evolution controversy in popular culture. This isn't the only holiday of its kind. Uh, Science enthusiasts have been celebrating Isaac Newton's birthday as Newtonmas, since his birthday uh, falls on Christmas on the Julian calendar. Also, when I was in high school, my chemistry teacher celebrated Mole Day, which honors the number of atoms in one mole of any substance, and I've heard that mathematics teachers celebrate Pi Day, which honors the number of the ratio between the circumference and radius of a circle. Now, some creationists may use this day to accuse scientists of having religious reverence for Darwin in the same way that Christians do for Jesus, Muslims do for Muhammad, and Buddhists do for the Buddha. But, to contradict this, I would like to point out that there's one major difference. There's no scientist I've ever known who has ever prayed to Darwin for an experiment to work out, so I really don't think it's the same thing. But certainly Darwin has made an impact in popular culture, even in his own time. But there's a question posted to the message board by Thought Surfer from Chicago, thanks for writing in, who se- which seemed interesting to me. He says, A couple of years ago, my friend's wife looked at my Darwin fish in my car and said, By the way, who's this Darwin guy? I was pretty shocked by the question. I realized that most people won't know the fine details of most scientific theories, but to have never heard the name? I told her that was like not knowing who George Washington was. Have there been any recent polls about how many Americans actually know what Darwinian theory is? Now, this also seems kind of shocking to me, but I went to religioustolerance.org, which is a great reference for religious statistics, and I was able to find a citation of a Gallup poll of Americans from 1991. Although this poll didn't directly ask people if they knew who Charles Darwin was or what Darwinian theory was, it did ask what beliefs they held in respect to creation and evolution. People were given three options. One, strict creationism, in which God basically creates everything. Two, theistic evolution, which means that God directed the evolutionary process after creating some basic organisms. And three, naturalistic evolution, which omits any mention of the supernatural at all. The results showed that nearly half of all Americans believe in strict creationism, and less than 10% believe in evolutionary theory as a naturalistic process. Now, when the demographics were broken down, it showed that men were more likely to reject creationism than women, people with college educations were more likely to reject it than people with only high school diplomas, and rejection of creationism also increases directly with salary. Now, a similar poll in 1997 showed very little change in these trends, but it also compared lay people to those with a science background. The results were pretty clear. 90% of people who'd had some kind of science training rejected creationism outright, and over half accepted evolutionary theory as completely naturalistic. Now, this data helps to motivate me to continue and engage in scientific outreach, such as this podcast. Although ThoughtSurfer's friend's wife may have been less likely to accept evolution and presumably know about Charles Darwin as a woman, she'd be even less likely to do so if she had no idea of the scientific principles underlying it. So that's why I'm doing this, to try to communicate these ideas to lay people, because it's very clear that the more you know about this, 
the more likely you are to accept it. But let's talk about Darwin. Who was Darwin anyway? Was he just some guy who thought up a crazy idea that just happened to be accepted as science and is advanced for the sole purpose of contradicting uh, established religious beliefs? Hardly. Darwin was born on this day in 1809 in England uh, to a wealthy doctor and a member of the Unitarian Church. Now, incidentally, he shares that birthday with Abraham Lincoln, if that helps you place him in history. His paternal grandfather was Erasmus Darwin, who was a physician, inventor, and naturalist who theorized about evolution before his grandson was even born. Although his father wanted him to continue in the family tradition of medicine, Darwin was fascinated with science and biology at a very young age. Rejecting medicine, uh, he was enrolled in school to become an Anglican pastor, and he actually did very well as a theology student. But he interrupted his education to continue his study of nature, where he got the opportunity to travel on board a ship and that was traveling to South America, which was called the Beagle. Now, this journey took five years, and during this time, Darwin spent most of the time observing different species and collecting fossils and specimens, as well as uh, writing volumes and volumes of notes. He also spent time reading the work of geologist Charles Lyell, who had clearly shown that geological features such as rivers and canyons were the result of gradual changes caused by natural forces working slowly over time. Now, it was particularly while visiting the Galapagos Islands, which are a chain of islands separated from each other and removed from the South American mainland, that Darwin made the observation that each island contained a slightly different species of finch. Now, he wondered if each species could have derived originally from a single ancestor, which led to the idea of new species forming from existing populations. But this was not an idea that was unique to him. Remember, his grandfather, Erasmus Darwin, had written about a very similar process, and Jean-Baptiste Lamarck, who I mentioned in the previous episode, had also theorized that species could change over time. What made Darwin's idea unique was the mechanism that was proposed. Now, in science, simply making an observation is not enough to warrant attention, nor is discussing the implications of those observations. If you want the scientific community to take notice, you've got to provide a way to explain how those observations are taking place. You've got to have a mechanism. Now, he got the inspiration for that mechanism from another man whose name was Thomas Malthus. Now, Malthus was a British political scientist and demographer who wrote an essay demonstrating that even by our best efforts, the human population would increase exponentially, while the food supply would increase linearly. That is to say, the number of people would soon outnumber the availability of food, and chaos would result. Now, Darwin looked at this, and he applied this principle to his idea of speciation. Now, he thought if a certain number of individuals in the population were competing for a limited food source, only those individuals who were best adapted to secure that food and reproduce would contribute offspring to the next generation. Eventually, those individuals that were poorly adapted to their environment would be bred out of existence, and only the best adapted individuals would remain. Now, admittedly, this seems to be common sense to us now, but it was a revolutionary idea at the time. Now, Darwin published his theory in 1859, calling it On the Origin of the Species by Means of Natural Selection. Now, most people don't know that Darwin wasn't the only person to come up with this theory. There's another man named Alfred Russell Wallace, 
who was a, a naturalist, and also a naturalist working in Borneo, who had come up with the very same idea completely independently. Now, Darwin published his theory reluctantly because he knew that many people, especially those in religious circles, would object to it. But when he found out that Wallace had come to the same conclusions independently, he knew it was necessary to do so. Now, if you ever get the chance to read Darwin directly, and I highly recommend that you try, you'll find that Darwin is probably his own worst critic. I find this very commendable as a scientist. It's a mark of scientific integrity to note the weaknesses of one's explanation and the alternative explanations for one's observations. Certainly, Darwin's theory was not complete. Uh, We know this. It was based on evidence, but he didn't have nearly as much as he would have liked. Fortunately, the discovery of countless fossils since his death in the burgeoning field of paleontology have provided an incredible amount of evidence in support of his theory. There's nothing that's been found that contradicts Darwin's basic theory. Now, there's another weakness of his theory in that there was no proposed mechanism for the inheritance of his of traits. But the work of Gregor Mendel, which was actually carried out during Darwin's lifetime, uh, but which laid undiscovered until the early 20th century, this showed that traits were in fact inherited in discrete units called genes. Now, further work showed that these genes were actually carried within cells deoxyribonucleic acid, or DNA, and two guys named Watson and Crick demonstrated that it had a double helical structure, and their work eventually led to the modern field of molecular biology. So, although Darwin's work was important to the progress of science, I want to make it clear that there was nothing special about the man himself that led to his theory. I mean, he was doing nothing more than synthesizing existing theories with new evidence. If he hadn't been born, we'd likely be discussing Wallace's theory of natural selection instead. I also want to make it clear that evolutionary theory does not begin and end with Darwin. As I hope I've shown, it's the work of countless other scientists which led up to his work, as well as have developed his work in the years past his death. But regardless, happy 197th birthday, Charles, and thanks for all your hard work. I'll see you all next time. Thanks for listening.